everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. This is an especially special episode because we have our first ever guest, and it's none other than the um, locally famous, Instagram uh, famous, um, podcast famous, podcast famous uh, Matthew Williams. He is a local here in South Florida, and I am also blessed enough to have him as my patient. So, Thank you so much, Matt. Absolutely. I was actually looking forward to like, I thought the title was going to be best client. Oh, oh crap. Crap. We'll we'll get, we'll, we'll work on it. All right. Well, we'll have to go up from here. Okay. It can only get better from here. Correct. (laughs) So Matt, um, hosts his own podcast called wake up the sun, uh, which I didn't know until recently. Thank you for sharing that with now. Now I'm your biggest fan. Um, he's also the founder and creator, uh, with his wife, Chelsea of fro pro, which is a frozen protein bar that is now, um, available at whole foods, right? Correct. What other, um, so Whole Foods in the state of Florida, online, Amazon, and if you're in the California area, there's a, uh, it's like a very, it's like an alternative to Whole Foods called Air One, even though there are Whole Foods in California and several places in Colorado and New York. God, nice. yeah. pretty widespread. He's got it yeah. he's got far reach here. So also a personal trainer and uh, my number one client there at the Bodak Dental Group. So, um, and he and his wife, uh, Chelsea, have been my clients for many, many years. Um, I joke with them that they're my favorite patients, but I'm kind of not joking. You so say that to thank you. Um, okay. thank, no, no, but really, um, I appreciate you being here. Yeah. And um, so Matt has a really unique background and our kind of purpose and our thought behind today is to ask Matt about some of the ways that he has created permanent and sustainable positive changes in his life. Because I know that Sharice and I talk constantly about how we have our own unique challenges as hygienists, but we also have um, general like universal challenges that apply to like all humans and all people. So we kind of want to get from your perspective, how you've maybe overcome some challenges in the past, and I'll get more specific, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like what your routines are or ways that you think that we could overcome some of the similar things that you have. Um, do you mind kind of giving us some of some background on your personal life, your history? I know that you <laughs> come from a, a recovery background, but mm-hmm. do you mind sharing on that? Yeah, not a problem. Um, so thank you for having me on the show. Uh, it's awesome to be the first guest, uh, kind of forced my force my hand on that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I'm originally from uh, New York, came down here uh, to South Florida for 
an opportunity, um, essentially had this really cool opportunity, but was also running away from kind of my past um, um, in recovery. And, and what that means is uh, I'm a recovered, recovering or recovered, whatever you want to say, alcoholic addict, uh, which means that I made a lot of poor choices regarding alcohol and drugs that affected my life, even though I worked really hard and did all the things that I thought I was supposed to and go to grad school and all that other good stuff. Um, you know, eventually found myself um, at rock bottom at 28 years old where uh, I needed to get some help. Uh, I finally was ready to ask for help and kind of surrendered the whole process over at that point to, um, you know, people that could help me out. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride since 28 uh, years old. I'm approaching 40 years old, which is pretty crazy. This Woo! Year. Um, but uh, yeah, top never, of the hill. Yeah, it's, it's like halftime. Actually, yeah, I hope it's halftime. Um, and uh, yeah, no, just been kind of looking at uh, looking back at things and doing this podcast with you guys is awesome, and having my own podcast and, and and being able to work with my wife and having such a tremendous community, which is again, I think one of the reasons that Spodex so successful, um, and you guys are so successful is is just having a you know a really awesome community behind you that you know you can bounce things off of and um, be a part of and, and and kind of surround yourself with other amazing people. So. Um, I hope that's a, a good enough background to, to start off the show with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I mean, just the things that I see in your life are like the fruits of having, you know, uprooted probably some really negative behaviors and having like planted roots of like new positive habits and behaviors. And it's probably based on like what you just talked about, about having a really solid community around you. Correct. Right. But I can just see like the positive things in your life right now, like your consistency and your routine, your relationship with Chelsea, your relationships with others, even, you know, in regards to pro, pro and partnering with the, the stores and, and always growing that and being intentional about the things that you're growing and fostering in your life. Like, I think that those are things that a lot of humans struggle to do, mm -hmm. you know? So I kind of wanted to know from your perspective, what, what role has like learning to communicate more effectively played in you being more quote unquote successful or going to going toward a place where you want to go in life? Uh, I, I think when you, I think when you exhaust all other possibilities and you, you hit a place where trying it other ways doesn't work, you kind of have an idea of what you like and what you don't like and mm -hmm. what you'll accept and what you won't accept. And I think I, I did a lot of different things for um, other people and other reasons and nothing really truly for myself, even though, uh, you know, I loved... I love the process of everything. You know, I always loved being a teacher. I was a teacher for a long time, a coach, um, and everything. I, I really, really enjoyed. I really, really enjoyed it. But at the same time, uh, there was like that emptiness. So I think when you're, when I'm trying to communicate, like I've, I've, I've reached places in my life where I know, that, you know, not communicating effectively leads me to just pain and suffering. And I choose kind of going away from that at this point. Yeah. Um, so I feel like, you know, when I'm doing something, I'm about to do something or it involves other people, I can be very clear and say, you know, hey, this is what I'm looking to do. You know, what are your thoughts on this? If we align, great. If we don't, maybe it's not something we do together. Um, so I think, you know, that's played, you know, one of, one of my my favorite things about, you know, being married to my wife is the communication aspect and, mm -hmm. and the fact that, you know, if I'm in a place where, I'm not feeling a certain way about, you know, 
something we're doing in business or something in the marriage or something, you know, f- with friends or anything else like that, I can bring it up and there can be a communication and it's not an attack and it's not a, you know, feel sorry for me. And obviously I can still have pity parties and do all that. But, mm-hmm. um, I think the communication has been absolutely key and, you know, being open, honest and authentic and transparent with those around you, it leads to getting things done better, uh, than, creating something that you think someone wants to hear right or right. or being in a place where you're you're trying to people please and I, I can still fall into that trap too mm-hmm. um, but you know the those closest in my circle I can you know that allow me in and allow you know I allow in at the same time it's one of those things that creates a better relationship and more effective communication in my experience right uh, as far as you know anything going on. Right. So, so for me, like I, yeah, I think, um, a lot of us can like fall into the, the traps of communication when we kind of like tend to make it about me or about us when someone, especially when someone's pointing out something that might be uncomfortable to look at in our own lives, you know, or just an uncomfortable conversation that involves like critical thinking together, or maybe some, um, inconsistency or some like, uh, like conflict or something that can feel really uncomfortable. And we tend to want to avoid those things. But I think in my experience, like just over communicating has almost always worked to everyone's benefit a lot more than just under communicating. So it's almost like at this point, when in doubt, communicate, you know, because for me, it comes down to, I have like this constant, like, almost like self-sabotage of like, that's not important. I don't need to bring that up. Or that's not <laughs> like, why, do, why, does, why is that going to matter on that person? But if anyone else, I like that you said, whenever anyone else is involved, mm-hmm. because that is almost always the grounds to open your mouth and start a conversation or start a dialogue, you know, whenever the outcome of something that you're about to do may or may not impact or have a ripple effect on someone else, I think it's best to at least start the conversation. And if it goes nowhere and it's not worth talking about, then you find that out pretty quickly. But I think in general, I have had more success with over communicating than under communicating. I think that's a little bit countercultural. Like, Mm. I think it's a little countercultural in the sense that um, there are a lot of like taboo topics, you know, like, especially regarding relationships and new relationships and, you know, talking about like, what is our relationship and what are your, what are your goals? What do you value? That sort of thing. I think sometimes people feel super uncomfortable with those because they're, they're hard conversations to have because they require a lot of thinking, but, but also I just think that there are a lot of like, Oh, like we can't, we can't talk about that. And I'm kind of like at this point in my life, like, why not? Like, why can't we, you know, like, what's have, it, what, the, have the tough conversation, have the tough conversation, you know, like it, for me, usually it just like brings about positive things in my experience. So yeah. thank you for that. Of course. Um, in regards to creating healthier habits. So I know that, you know, can, can you tell us about some of maybe the habits that enabled you to stay stuck when you're actively living in addiction and maybe like what, how you uprooted those and replaced those, like what some of them were, how you like removed some of them and what you do now instead? Um, Yeah, no, I I would say that I was my own worst and like harshest critic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my biggest thing was I I would do, I would do things well and do things that I was very comfortable with. And then the minute I did something that did not align morally, and, and I always had like that moral compass and I usually shut it off when I wanted to go do my thing. Um, but then I would spend several days kind of beating myself up. And, and I think I used to get rooted in the fact that, you know, and, and would use this as a rationalization of, I work really hard. I go to school, I pay my bills, I do this, I do that. And, you know, unless you're doing that for me, 
you don't have to say a word. And and that's when I kind of like turned away. So I, I kind of isolated. So I, I try not to isolate anymore. Isolation was like a big thing for me, even though I love people and I love being around people. Yeah, There would be days where I would choose to kind of shut off. And I know that's a good thing you know, nowadays, if to, you know, you're busy and you're with patients or you're with clients or you're with, you know, your loved ones and you need time away, you Mm -hmm. need quiet time, you need meditation, prayer, whatever you want to call it to kind of get, get right and get aligned. But I was doing it in a negative way. I was kind of run, like I said, I've, I've run away from a lot of problems in the past. Um, So can I interject just to ask a question? I want to clarify something that you just said. So when you, you know, you, it sounds like your life was looking like you were being really responsible, like a lot of the things right. in your life were going really well for you. So when you say like that someone else, like you were like, I'm, I don't want to hear from you kind of thing. Was it uh, when they were telling you like you have a problem in this area? Like were, were, when they were telling you that you had an addiction problem, were you just pointing to all the things that were working out for you and saying, you don't have a right to tell me because look at all that I'm doing. Is that what you mean by that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. It, was, it was definitely one of those things where it's like, you can't tell me anything because I'm doing all these things. If you're, you know, if, if you're going to be paying bills or you're going to be stepping in line and to do some of the things that I'm doing. And I, and I spread myself really thin and mm-hmm. I, you know, my, one of my good childhood friends always joked about the fact that like I had like seven different jobs and he's like, leave some jobs for other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're tutoring, you're bartending, you're, you're, you're coaching, you're teaching, you're, you're doing all these different things. And it's like, you have all this. And I knew if I didn't have those things that I enjoyed doing and I really enjoyed doing them and they gave me, they gave me, responsibility. I, I felt like I, I provided value, but it was also a way for me to say, you know, if I have free time, I know what that free time is going to be spent doing. And that's going to be spent poisoning myself, making really poor decisions, hurting the people around me. So if I was in a service position, that's kind of how I used to look at it. So it's different than it is today mm-hmm. um, with what I get to do, but you know, those, those choices and, and, you know, isolating myself or, um, spreading myself too thin, which is what I was getting to another thing that I kind of fell into mm-hmm. was, you know, if I was busy seven days a week for the most part of the day, then I wouldn't be doing other things that would be tearing my life apart. But then I would get to a point of spreading myself too thin where I was like, I need a break. Yeah. And that break would usually be about 36 to 72 hours mm. of really, really poor decisions, not intentionally and sometimes not intentionally of just going, going, going on a binge or a, just one of those weekends where you just don't go to sleep. Um, and you know, whatever wreckage or what, whatever came into my path either was on board and aligned with that, which Mm -hmm. was rare. And the rest of it was just destruction and hurt feelings and, you know, loss of loss of pretty much self-respect, dignity, you know, integrity, and all these other things that, you know, we are taught to have yeah. and taught to practice. So it sounds, it's interesting because when you talk about isolating versus like almost like being a workaholic, mm-hmm. it's, it's like you're, they're completely different things, but for the same purpose, it seems like, like it was like for denial and escaping purposes. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you were avoiding two things. It sounds like you were avoiding your addiction. Like you really didn't want to be active in your addiction. So you're avoiding doing that and having spare time to act out in your addiction. And then avoiding whatever was causing the pain that was causing the addiction. Correct. I would assume, right? Accurate. Yeah. So Both of those things. Right. Both of those <laughs> things. Yeah. A very, very like interesting though, how I think people never put those together and take it to that level because I think that's where the root of a lot of our like uh, coping mechanisms and denial things like come from. They all, they all like look different, but they all 
I don't know, they're, they're, it's like your self-protection, self-preservation type of thing, you know, in, in multiple ways for you. Okay. So those were some of the roots of um, what was not going well. So how have you replaced some of those things with more positive things or how has your life changed so that you are not actively acting out an addiction for a decade now or over a decade now? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> something crazy. clearly had to change for that part, that huge part to change. Um, you know, for me, I think it was a belief in something greater than myself. That's where, you know, I was taught, you know, kind of in starting over was believing in something greater than myself, whatever you want to call it, universal, you know, and you know, the universe, however that looks to you, you can call it, you know, uh, if you have a belief in God or something else. Um, so I think it was, you know, realizing how small of a, like how small of a role, I actually play and that I'm not the center of the universe. Um, and I, I wasn't raised that way. You know, my parents are fantastic. I love my parents and like my family. And, you know, I think the whole idea of, you know, focusing on something and focusing on service and, and, and serving in a way that is not requiring something in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to learn that, you know, I was raised that way and I lost that because like I got to a place where it's like, if I did something for you, you owed me. Right. You know, and when I kind of started over, it was like, you're just going to, you know, people were doing things for me that didn't know me at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew me, they knew I was an alcoholic, they knew I was an addict, but they were doing things for me and helping me and being kind to me and loving me when I couldn't love myself. And I was like, what, what is this? What, what's their angle? Right. Why are you doing this for me? Mm-hmm. And it, it simply was like, Hey, you know, we just, we want you to stay alive and, you know, we don't want you to drink or drug anymore. And I relearned how to be a human being. Uh, in that process and, you know, spending my time now, I get, you know, for a couple of years, um, I'm going to say this, I don't mean to, you know, I, I really, I really, I was so happy to be alive and sober, but like the, the process, um, it was really challenging. Yeah. I lost rights to drive. I lost rights to do a lot of things. I was looking at one to three years in jail just because I made a lot of poor decisions in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of had to follow the rules and I wasn't like bucking the system anymore. But at the same time, I was like, real, like when I look back at, I was grateful I didn't get to drive for three years. Uh, you know, taking public transportation in South Florida, if you haven't, is miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, coming from New York City where you can hail a cab, get us, get, you know, nowadays get an Uber, whatever. Um, you know, those things, it sounds, I sound old when I say this, those things did not exist down here <laughs> when I was getting my life together and getting sober. So it was those those, those things and that tough time and like, you know, quote unquote, eating shit for a little while, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and and really, you know, working to get the things back in my life that I took for granted. So, so it, so your reality, like, so you're staying, the, the pain of staying the same was greater than the pain of change at that point. Like when you lost your license, when you, you know, we're all, we're facing jail time. Like that was the pain that it took for you to hit essentially quote unquote bottom for you to start making changes. Well, yeah, there was a lot. I mean, I had yeah. hit bottom before. There'd mm-hmm. been legal troubles. There'd been mm-hmm. financial troubles. But it, for me, I was that cu- that type that needed to be crushed on all levels: financial, right. emotional, spiritual, physical, to the point where it's like you end up in a you end up in a jail, and you're like, I'm just sick and tired of this. I don't. I I, I I'm like I look around and I'm like this, you know, crying out for help. And I find, you know, it's like you you cry out for help when you're ready to cry out for help. And it wasn't like the boy who cried wolf. It was. I am sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. My life is a mess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and, and what, you know, you never want to say this as, you know, 
you know, guy or human, it's I'm, I'm really scared. Yeah. Uh, and I had to get to that bottom on all those levels to finally say, all right, I'm ready to take some suggestions. I'm ready to do whatever it is that, you know, needs to be done to be better, to feel better, to look better, to, to, you know, provide a service to provide anything and give back rather than take, 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 take. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, those are the things for me, you know, that needed to happen. And, and you see it a lot, you know, I mean, everybody goes through their thing. You know, I don't, I don't claim to know what anybody lives through unless they're going to share it with me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I know what worked for me because, you know, I was on a path of following other people that it worked for. Uh, and, you know, I wasn't trying to create a new way or try to, you know, uh, blaze my own path. It was just like, Hey, I'm going to follow some suggestions, like, like anything, like, you know, you're doing for business or whatever you're doing in, in, in life and in relationships or whatever it's, you talk to people that are successful at it and say, Hey, what did you do? How did you get here? What did that look like? What did it take? And, you know, uh, well, it sounds like you were like doing some of the same things over and over again to cope with whatever your like your issues routine. were and, and expecting a different, well, before then I'm saying, oh, and, yeah. and expecting, and maybe not expecting a different result, but eventually got to the place where you <laughs> wanted a different result and you were like, crap, like, how do I get a different result? And I think that whenever it comes to like, wanting something to go differently, obviously you have to do something differently. So it just sounds like, right. I don't know what to do, but it's work. Something's working for like these people over here. So I guess I'll like believe what you're saying, you know, and in recovery, I know a big thing is like believe because I believe like, so if you don't believe in it yet, or you haven't had like the outcomes or the promises that come with like living an actual life recovery lifestyle, um, it, it's hard to believe, you know, that it can, that it can go that way for you too. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, what you described before was insanity and that's mm -hmm. the definition of mm -hmm. it. Um, and, you, and we hear that a lot when, when you get sober and you hear that a lot when, you know, things aren't going your way. It's like, you're trying to do this over and over the same way and expecting a different result. That's insane. Right. You know, it's not working. Right. And I think when you get to the point of, you know, a change in life, um, a, a hard situation and being faced with, you know, am I going to, am I, am I going to take this suggestion? Am I going to believe that somebody else believes? Cause I'm not a big, again, this, you know, if you guys are into this, I'm, I'm I, you know, good, good for that. Like I'm not a fake it till you make it kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I had to literally come, come around and believe that other people were living a life that they were happy about and all the high-fiving and the hugging and the coffee drinking and, and the meetings that I went to and the people that I had heard their stories. And I was like, and sometimes, sometimes I heard some stuff that I was like, man, I, I how, how are you, how are you still here? Right. How are you still functioning after going through what you went through and, and really kind of taking a step back and being like, if this person can get through that without ruining their life anymore and changing, I, I believe that I can do that too. Right. And, and that's, again, that's, again, being open and honest, coming back to what we started off with, which was I'm here. This is what I'm going through. If I don't have any experience in that and someone says, Hey, what do you think about this? And I have no experience before I would have been like, Oh, well, let me tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. If I don't have any experience, the best part about saying is like, I, I don't know. I'm here for you. I don't know what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to react to that other than be like, hey, I love you. And whatever you need from me, if I can provide anything, great. And if not, I'm still here, you know? Yeah. Um, and saying, I don't know, has been pretty, pretty darn refreshing. 
Thanks for investing your time and energy into listening to Bulletproof Hygiene. Remember to click subscribe to join our community of dental professionals that embrace growth and collaboration to better yourself, your patients, and our profession. For more information on our 2021 Live Summit, Bulletproof Hygiene Book, and training opportunities, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene. Some of those bad habits that were like snowballing in the wrong direction are just like goes back to the basics of like getting connected in a community in with friends or with people who who have the life that you want your life to kind of look like, you know, so not even necessarily friends, but for me, it's like mentors or, you know, people who are willing to lead me in the right direction and willing to talk to me about hard things. Um, I think getting connected having that community, having an ongoing community, um, learning to, you know, pick up the thousand pound phone is what they call it. I know. And just make the freaking phone call when you feel so uncomfortable and you don't want to admit, you know, can you tell I've, yeah, I've done That's this for great. a little while. Um, <laughs> I've picked up the thousand pound phone many times and many times and, and called some of my female mentors and just been like, Hey, I have no idea like what just happened, where I want to go from here. Like what, from your perspective, can you help me? Like give me some insight. And that keeps me out of, out of isolation and keeps me kind of working forward through problems because that's the only way is through. So like, you know, we can sit in denial or sit and like let that chill on the back burner or sit in whatever for a while, but it's just going to like boil beneath the surface until A, it blows up or B, it causes something like depression, which is just like always boiling beneath the surface. It's like a whole bunch of unresolved feelings and issues and, you know, stuff that just hasn't been looked at or, or uncovered, you know? So it sounds like getting in community is the most important thing for anyone. And that's something that Sharice and I talk about all the time, especially in regards to bulletproof hygiene, like both of us are where we are and feel like we have had like this like enormous and unique experience. So our experiences have been similar, but different. Right. But we've, the, the commonality is that we've had this community of people who've been willing to coach and mentor and lift us up. And that's kind of like what we want to do now. Like we feel like we're giving out of excess because we've been filled up so much, you know, by, by the people who love us and care and, and want to give us a leg up, you know? Um, so it sounds like that's that's what you did in creating your your healthier habits. And I know that one of the things that I see all the time, just just based on your Instagram and kind of some things we've talked about in the past, is that you usually wake up pretty early in the morning, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted to ask about your morning routine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So uh, typically, and this has always kind of been the thing. I was never the kid that could like sleep in that well unless mm-hmm. I was like sick, um, at, like you know, with a flu or something like that. Um, I was always a kid up at like people's houses watching cartoons. If like there were sleepovers, I was like, Hey, I'm up. It's four 30. I want to play video games, like things that I didn't do normally. <laughs> I was um, that person too. When I was, when I was a teenager and my friends slept till one o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be so mad. I'm like, you wasted right? the whole day. We could have been doing something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, I was always like, let's do stuff. And um, yeah, my morning routine typically starts around anywhere from four to four fifteen or four 30, if I'm lucky. Uh, my internal clock typically, typically wakes me up at that point. And then, you know, from there, uh, it's been for the last 10 years, it's the same thing. Like I kind of wake up, I have water, um, I hit my knees, I pray, I meditate, uh, I journal, uh, and you know, I read something kind of like for prepare myself. So usually it can be anywhere from, you know, zero to 30 minutes, depending sometimes my time management's off and, uh, I have to get out the door faster in my sleep schedule doesn't per, uh, you know, I don't wake up necessarily right on time, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, that morning routine is essential for me because 
it prepares me to go out into the craziness because I know like when I wake up, this is just going. Mm-hmm. And um, if I don't kind of get that to a point of like focused in the right direction on service, on, you know, being grateful on a lot of different things that I was taught to do, then uh, usually, and, and again, I, I, it doesn't run its course as much as it used to. Um, but, you know, sometimes my whole hat, like my morning will be ruined or, you know, it'll affect everything else that I'm doing. Uh, and I should say infect uh, everything else that I'm doing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm up early and then, and then it's usually after that, it's some form of like fitness. It could be running, biking, swimming, um, lifting, something that just kind of gets that, that sweat going, Mm -hmm. um, and, and allows me to feel like good and like I'm accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's off to the day, you know, days, you know, if you're, you know, in your business and, and, and you're doing something that you love, you're not counting the minutes on the clock where it's like, Oh man, I'm on a nine to five. It's, you know, I'm on hour 15 and oh man, it's hour 15. I've been up for 15 hours doing what I love. This is great. Yeah. And then it's like, I should probably go to bed so I can do it again tomorrow. Right. Hopefully. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm very big on waking up early. I'm starting to eat a lot more thanks to my new nutrition coach for this, uh, half Ironman I'm doing. I was going to say your, your new goal, uh, that you, that you yeah. jumped on. Yeah. This, yeah. This all or nothing goal you got. Yeah. This whole, like, uh, eat a lot of food, which <laughs> I love food, but like eating a lot. Uh, I used to not do that, but now I'm finding I'm over that hump. So I'm like at that point where like, oh, this is great. And I mm-hmm. need this. And it fuels me to be even stronger when in, in my morning routine. So like I, I'm, a, I'm a big routine guy. So you said uh, 30 minutes. Was that just specifically talking about the reading portion of your morning routine? Or does your entire morning routine from waking up to meditating, to praying, to journaling, to... Um, to uh, reading something like it was that 30 minutes or like what part of that? Yeah, no, that's about like 30 minutes. So it's like a wake up. I sit, I always have like a glass of, of water next to my bed. Mm-hmm. I, I drink that. Then I go downstairs and kind of like, just kind of assess. I, I will check my phone just to make sure if there's any client cancellations. And just so I, I understand if there's anything going on, I check kind of the cameras at the, at the kitchen just to make, you know, make sure the place didn't burn down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it's, you know, I go about my morning, but, you know, the prayer, the meditation, the reading, you know, while getting my you know coffee ready or kind of like my, my food ready. So like that 30 minutes, I love waking up that early. Cause like my wife's asleep, the world's asleep. Mm-hmm. No one needs anything from me. I don't need anything from anybody else other than a connection with, you know, my higher power with the universe and just focusing my energies on like aligning with being the best I could possibly be for the day. Right. I, I I love how your morning routine sounds because I just think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how many needs you get met by like five o'clock in the morning. Yes. Whereas most of us are walking around like in deficit all day because we haven't like made any effort to meet our own needs, like before right. we go interact with others, you know, but just like the, the drinking water, the journaling, like journaling just helps process through so many things like from the former day or it can help like you know stimulate new ideas or record ideas record thoughts you know and i i love like the meditation aspect of it like it's a huge mental and spiritual health i like the praying aspect um and then reading so it's kind of like you're getting a lot of intellectual and emotional and spiritual needs met and even like kind of like a a relationship with yourself too. And with your higher power, like you said, you're getting your relational needs met, your physical needs with the water, you, you got enough sleep, you know? And I, I like the thing about, you know, it's hard for me to wake up early because I've struggled with sleeping since I was a kid. Like, so I've always been a, a not great sleeper. I struggle with insomnia sometimes. Um, 
but I, I, the thing about waking up when it's still dark for me is like <laughs> going out and it's like, so like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like you're like winning the day already. Like it's still dark. What? Like you said, the world is not awake yet for me. It's like acclimating. So when I get here and it's dark and there's like no one else here in the morning, I just right. like have my coffee and I acclimate and I get to like ease into the day, ease into the right. noises of everything and ease into the stress and the, the work and the whatever, instead of like this kaplam, like wake up, check your phone. Now you're in this like flurry of how am I going to react to all of this stuff? You know, it's like an intentional stepping into the day. One might say you are waking up the sun. Yeah, true, true. Is this, is this a plug for your amazing podcast? If it is, we'll just roll with it. On, uh, Spotify it's called Wake Up the Sun. If you haven't heard, it's with Matt Williams. <laughs> this guy, if you want a lot more where that came from, please look him up on any uh, podcasting app. But, that, but, that is, but coming back to that, I think that is true. When you're here or where you get somewhere and you're just kind of like, hey, and people walk in, I'm, I'm sure you piss people off. She's like, oh, she's here before me again. I mean, what? <laughs> this is what the hell, you know, but that's the thing. It's you're here, you're setting yourself up. And when you don't, you feel it. And I'm sure when you, you know, when you yeah. do these things, it becomes habit, becomes ritual, becomes routine. You're consistent with it. It just becomes part of who you are and, mm -hmm. and you don't need to think about it anymore. It's like that muscle memory. If you know, if you're an athlete or, or, or anything like that. And it's just one of those things that becomes, so natural and so great. And it's the same thing. It's like, if, if I go on vacation, which is rare, but if I get to go away somewhere, I do the same thing. I wake up early. I do some, I do all my morning routine. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the best part is sometimes if you're in a hotel, you go to the hotel gym and do all this stuff. And they're like, dude, you do all that. I'm like, yeah, because it starts my day off. Right. Like right. My, that's like my favorite thing before COVID and everything going out to LA and mm -hmm. starting my day and, and, and just doing all this stuff before the city wakes up and going to new places and doing things before the place wakes up. And you're like, this is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I love this. I think you just made a really great point too. You just mentioned something kind of in passing about how, you know, if, if I get here super early and then someone arrives after me and they're like, Hey, that's, that's not right. Like what's this girl doing? Like, you know, kind of that, that judgment that comes with like seeing someone as like a mirror of yourself or like what you wish you were doing or yeah. like, you know, like comparison sort of thing. And I think it's, it's an important thing to overcome too. I feel like whenever we're developing better habits or doing something good for us, I think that people around us sometimes can feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I think it's important for us to get comfortable with that. You know, and and if our come from is really like I'm doing this new habit in order to better myself and it isn't about, you know, manipulating someone else or making anyone else feel a certain way. And like my intention is truly like I want to do this because it's going to make my life better. Then regardless of people's reactions, we can continue forward. You know, and I, th yeah. and I think that, you know, as uh, as a lot of people who are people please and everyone wants to be liked and that sort of thing, like sometimes I think what gets in the way is as we're developing healthier habits or doing something good, there's all this judgment that comes from people who are maybe uncomfortable around us because they're seeing, man, I really wish I was doing that. Or maybe what? they're judging themselves for for not doing what they want or like, you know, it's it's easier to do that than to be the one in the ring actually taking action, you know. I was having a conversation on the way over here with a guy that has helped me a great deal in my life. And, you know, kind of what you're saying is like you're, you're holding up a mirror. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people, don't, you know, you don't want to look. You know, I remember when I really looked at myself at 28 years old in a rehab facility and I was like, I don't know who this person is. Yeah. And I was so just, I, I really couldn't look at myself. I couldn't like honestly, without like breaking down. But you know, that's the thing. It's, you know, you, you do these things, you know, it feels good. You're not doing it to be like, Oh yeah, this, this girl's doing, you know, it's, you're doing it because it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And like, 
I always say like, as a, <laughs> as an alcoholic addict, it's like, I'm going to keep doing the things that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's not hurting anybody and it's making me feel good and it's helping me connect and it's helping me be the best version of myself I could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, be the change, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. You know, my, my other buddy says all the time, he's like, be a lighthouse, not a foghorn. Just keep doing your thing. Keep nice. showing the light and keep, keep rocking it out you nice. know, because, you know, light, you know, lighthouses just shine their light and they keep moving forward. And I'm like, yeah, man, I really like that. And he goes, well, I wish I could take credit, but someone that had, you know, a lot more wisdom than I told, you know, told me that I'm sure someone told him that and it can trace back to years, years, years and years ago. But, you know, it's like, just keep doing you. And then eventually like you see the change. Like I know when I come here, I get here early real quick too. I, what I wanted to say too, is like, if I get to the gym, I usually get there early. If a client beats me there, I am pissed. (laughs) Because I'm like, who the f does this person think they are getting here before me? I'm like, I'm usually there at like five fifteen, opening up for five forty five, and if someone beats me there, you know, it's, it's rude because they mad. they woke up the sun for you and you didn't I know. get to do it that day. Yeah, so like, I understand why you'd be so upset. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like coming here. I like to get here early. I like saying hi to people and. You know, I, I love this community here at Spodak, you know, and then like I get to see you and I get to, you know, goof around with like uh, Craig and, you know, just kind of like, you know, shoot, shoot the stuff with everybody mm-hmm. here because it's such a good crew of people. And I've made it a point to like get to know people and what they're doing and and how, how they are and, and, and what makes them excited and like hearing all that you're doing, like being on this show. I was like, man, like I'm going to just say, hey, I want to come on the show. <laughs> you're doing a podcast. I went in on that. You and know? look where you are. And look now, at look at you now. See, I manifested look this. At you now. See how that works? That's how that works. You go get it. You, know. you go get it, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I want your opinion on a couple of hygiene specific struggles here. Yes. So um, struggles. Uh yeah, we, believe it or Nonsense. not. Nonsense. Ten out of ten here. It's both. Oh my God. Stop it. Yes. Ten out of yeah. ten. Okay. Okay. Denial. Um, all right. Hygiene specific struggles. So, like one of the things that I know, and we've talked about this and in hygiene, like how we can adjust our schedules and change our schedules um, to make sure that we're honoring our commitments, that we're staying on time, that we're able to feel fulfilled in and outside of work. But um, I know one thing that um, hygienists and dentists specifically like struggle with is finding the time to, you know, see our families and cultivate things that we want to do outside of work in regards to having the time. So not being stuck here to like a million o'clock at night, like 8 p.m. every night. So the the time and leaving work on time, like, um, and also, having like the energy to go home and then like go into shift or roll three, you know, mm. how, what do you think are the most like impactful things for staying on time and uh, having energy and drive to do the things that you want to do outside of work? I think the, one of the biggest things is, is you know, uh, if you fail to plan or if you plan to fail or what is it, if you fail to plan, plan one of those like yeah. cool things, you, um, you fail and plan and then you right. plan and fail. And I used to book appointments where like I give myself five, 10, 15 minutes to get there and not account for the fact that we live in South Florida. And if it rains, mm-hmm. uh, it adds an hour to the commute. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it does that, you know, I don't take account for outside issues. I do that a little bit differently now. I, I, I make sure that the appointments that I make are consistent throughout the week. Uh, I, I also make sure that I, when I book, like, let's say coming here, I like to come every three months to get my teeth clean. Cause I think that's very important. Not, not and, to brag or anything, no. but, let me, but let me get that for you. Yes, okay. exactly. Yes. yes. I, I was instilled at a young age that proper hygiene and dental care is of utmost importance. Thank you to Dr. Teitelbaum and uh, Dr. Spodek and Brittany, of course. Um, but it's like planning, it's like planning 
those appointments, planning things outside of work, it, you have to plan them. You know, there, everyone's like, well, what about the, the whole, you know, I'll just kind of write, write it as it goes and see what happens. Yeah. Having that is great. You know, being able to show up somewhere, if you can do it and surprise somebody and just kind of like by the seat of your pants is great. But I think you have to plan things and I'm a big planner. I, I need to, mm-hmm. otherwise I won't get it done or I'll over plan or I'll, I'll overcommit and mm-hmm. under deliver. And I never want to do that. And mm-hmm. that's one of my, that's, that's honestly been one of my bigger struggles is saying yes because obviously I want to, and then not being able to do it. Right. And saying yes to something is saying no to something else. Right. Right. So finding out what is the most important thing to you. So, so what I just heard you say is kind of, we clearly have control over our own actions. What we don't have control over is what the universe is doing around us while we're trying to get to our dental appointment when, you know, there is an accident or when it does start raining, you know? So um, I guess what you're saying is just give yourself and the world space to not go as you planned. So maybe, you know, leaving earlier than, than the time you would absolutely need, than, than the minimum requirement, basically. So give yourself more than just the minimum requirement. And then the other thing is you said, you know, you have to plan it. And I think that it's important to be really intentional about planning, but that planning is usually the part that people get right. Like, I think that people are willing to plan. It's the follow through. It's the showing up for the plan mm. that I think people miss a lot of times. And because it's the harder part, when you plan something, you're usually emotionally invested in it. You're usually excited about it at that moment. You usually have like some sort of like you're getting some dopamine in your brain about planning this thing. Like, it's hey, like we're going to go to lunch. We're going to la, la, la. Like you're in that mood. It's like when I book my next appointment here after my appointment, I have to wait three months. I'm excited for three months. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. then you're also excited that day. Of course. So that's just different. Yeah. That's different because it's me and it's yeah. Kodak. Yeah. You know, it's, exactly. I mean, not for nothing. Um, but in all seriousness, like, you know, even something like making a doctor appointment, like the example that you just gave or saying, I'm going to take my spouse to dinner on Thursday at seven o'clock, you know, planning for any eventuality kind of thing, giving yourself some wiggle room in regards to time, I think is what you just said is a really important factor in that. And then also for me, it's just been showing up like, so commit to something, put it on the counter and then just go there. Mm -hmm. Like, don't consider the way you feel. Don't consider what you're thinking right now. Don't consider it like, just go there because there's a reason you put it on the calendar in the first place. And sometimes, you know, the emotional state that we made the commitment in isn't the emotional state that we're in when we're ready to actually do that thing. Right. It's kind of like the gym or, you know, spending time (laughs) with whatever your spouse. But I feel like when you're when your body is physically there, then then it's easier to get into that emotional space, too. So it's not like it's just lost and it's not going to be fun. It's like sometimes just just put it on the calendar and then show up. You know, even if you're not, even if you're not right there, even if you're not like emotionally like hyped about it or whatever, just show up and see what happens. Yeah. It comes back to it's, it's a better way of saying fake it till you make it Just suit up and show up. Yeah. Is, you know, you have something to do. You may not want to do it. There may be a lot of other things that are going on, but like, if you're going to go somewhere and it's going to be something where you are getting outside of yourself, showing up for somebody else or showing up to be part of something that is going on, it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to pay off. And it, I can't tell you how many times that's happened in, in the last 10 years for me where it's, I'm going to show up. It may not, you know, it's like, it's going to unfold as it's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether I'm there or not, I could probably bring some positivity to it. Cause that's kind of how I look at things today. And, you know, and it'll get me out of myself and, and allow me to be part of rather than like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to change this. And this is how this is going to be. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, no, I like that. 
So I want to ask, because I know you are very, very into total health, overall health. Um, and I don't know that, you know, that, you know, the hygiene world as hygienists, like we're slammed all day long. I mean, there's, you know, we joke about having time to run to the bathroom or did you get a lunch that day? Like our reality is we don't have a whole lot of time. And so one of the questions we had for you is how, what are, what recommendations do you have for us to take care of ourselves from a health standpoint in the midst of being so busy? What are, do you have any hacks or tricks or. I, th- I think it's like anything else. It's if, I'm not saying you're having a bad day, but when you're having a busy day is, is, is scheduling that 10 to 15 minutes where it's like, you know, I'm going to go into this room. I'm going to put on some type of meditation or insight timer and listen to some type of type of music. I'm going to go outside for a walk, even though South Florida can get really hot and gross. Uh, and, and then explaining that and sharing that with the person that you work for and just saying, hey, for me to be the best dental dental ninja hygienist mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. i need to step away for 10 to 15 minutes a couple times a day and it allows me to connect with my clients better it allows me to be receptive to communication uh and and, and i'm not you know overbooked and i i know it's a numbers game you know i get it it's like anything else like with like personal training i i've i tell people all the time back to back to back to back. Like my client walks out, they're high-fiving the other client. I always say, get here early, mm-hmm. get your stuff, get your, get your stretching routine that we do. And if you don't and you get, get here late, we're still going to go through that. I'm not rushing through and hurting, you know, you risk you getting hurt or, you know, you're coming from a stressful situation and, you know, it's just like anything else. Like, I think the last time I was here, uh, that was the first time Brittany had like five minutes after the fact. I said, what do you think you're doing? And, and she was sitting, she, she was kind of, she was making sure I was okay because I didn't get the best news. It's fine, whatever. Um, anyway, and she sat and she's like, I actually have a lunch. And I said, wow, you, you get to eat lunch today. And, and we just kind of sat and chatted and it was great. Yeah. And then I didn't eat lunch because I, I, I planned poorly and I sat and chatted instead of eating and sometimes priorities, you know, just priorities. You got your connection. When when I'm in the building, my mouth is the biggest priority. Yeah. Oh, well. So we need to make sure that it's going to be okay. Of course. I had to go in this emergency surgery. Emergency surgery. It was a uh, composite. Whatever. It was was an emergency surgery. For me, that was an emergency. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I understand. And I understand. I understood that. It was very emotional. Yeah. I needed my hand held. And yes, correct. Yes, exactly. Um, Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that a lot of people kind of wake up in the morning and they're like, I'm going to have time to eat and pee today. But like they haven't had time for the last 10 years to do that. And they're kind of expecting something to happen differently without changing anything, you know, so that's not a realistic expectation. So what I heard you say was like, all right, it goes back to planning. Once again, like you got to like, all right, give give Mrs. Jones 80 minutes today instead of, you know, the 60 that she usually gets, you know, to have maybe a 15 minute window or like a wiggle room so that have someone else flip your operatory maybe at one o'clock, maybe agree to that at the beginning of the day so that you've got like some time to hydrate, some time to refill essentially like emotionally and physically because we have our own basic needs and, and touching back to what you just said, we can't give sustainably out of deficit. Um, we have to give out of excess. So if we're not filling ourselves up and making sure that we're good, we can't continue giving to our patients and, and caring for them at our highest level. Right. My, right. my, my health coach, she said that on the podcast and, and she just said, you know, I give so much and that's part of what I do and why I do it. It's just, there are times during the day where I can't take a phone call. I can't reach out to a client and I need to step back and take a second, mm-hmm. whether it's 
uh, a walk, uh, a bite of a bite to eat, some quiet time, yelling into a pillow. I don't whatever, (laughs) you know, it's just time away from the daily hustle. And even it's not saying like, you know, know, oh, this is a real grind, but it can be. Mm -hmm. And it turns into a grind when you don't take care of yourself and you don't, you know, there's days when you, you know, I, I love what I do and I love every day, but there's days where I don't sleep properly and I'm, I'm so mad and having a conversation in the seven minutes it takes me to get to the gym mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, man, I should have canceled today. And this is, oh, I hate this sucks and blah, blah, blah. And then I have to talk myself out of it, even after all that good morning routine stuff. So I think it's a, it's a daily, it's a daily thing. It's a daily t- like, like getting dialed in, you know, is, sometimes for me it has to happen multiple times. And it uh, sounds it sounds like like this ongoing presence and awareness in the moment because mm-hmm. you know things happen that we didn't plan and things are out of our control and that sort of thing. So when you you know choose to say no to the phone call that's maybe coming in and you say yes to a 5 minute snack break because that's what you need right now, you know, it's not because you don't care about that person or because the phone call isn't important, it's because you're giving continually out of, you know, you want to keep giving out of excess and not, not in deficit. And it's, I think it goes back to like, all right, saying no. And that's like a, a small on the way. No, it's a pivot. It's a small adjustment in your day that makes a big difference on the outcome of how you occur and how you connect to others and how present you are for the rest of the day, how good you feel physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, and, and it's better to plan that too. Cause like, mm-hmm. if you say to a coworker, I need a second, they're gonna be like, well, what's wrong? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. What do you, what, can I do something for you? It's just like, nope, this is my, this is my 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Yes. All right. Um, from a, this is kind of the last little portion of this. Um, from a patient perspective, kind of wanted to know kind of how you feel coming to the dentist. How do you feel receiving bad news? Uh, let's start there. I love the dentist. Yeah. I love driving here. Mm-hmm. I love being here. And uh, it's sad when I get to leave you guys because mm. you guys are the best. Mm. Uh, and it's just like anything else. I, I, when you find a place that is comfortable and you feel like you are a part of, it's it's like anything else. You want to go there. You want to be there. And then when you leave, you're like, oh, man, I, I'm excited to go back. People laugh at me all the time. Like, dude, you're always at Spodak. <laughs> It seems that way because I'm here every three months. And you check in. Thank you so much. I for always that. check in. Yeah, I always support support the you know and refer people here, and that's part of the deal because I get a good feeling here. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't refer people here, and I would be like, oh, man, I have to go to the dentist. Right. You know. Right. And you know, receiving bad news, um, I kind of you know overact a little bit mm-hmm. um, just because I want to, and I like the attention from that because I feel bad um, about. However, I let my teeth slide for whatever that three months, whatever happened. But at the same time, it, it is what it is. You guys are the professionals and you say, hey, this is what's going on. I'd like to just give you guys a hard time for a couple seconds, a couple minutes, maybe the whole yeah. time, and then keep mm-hmm. it moving because you guys have my best interest and my mouth is pretty darn awesome. It's right pretty now. darn awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty It's pretty clean. It's looking yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I say so myself. Yeah. You, you do you have can. a great smile. I love it. I appreciate that. You know, Dr. Teitelbaum, those guys were great in my youth in New York. They're a big shout out to them. Family practice, just like this. Cool. So it's like you, you move somewhere. I didn't go to a nice dentist for a while until someone referred me to Spodak. Mm-hmm. And then like, I, I think I bounced around. I, I don't even know if you were here when I got here. Mm, when did you get here? You what were year? probably like in like elementary school. Maybe when I got that's here. possible. Um, You're way older than me. So that would lot. make sense. Uh, way I, older. <laughs> All right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
uh, I don't know. I came here because I needed a, a gum surgery and that was, you're like, you're going to go to Spodak. And I remember Spod I knew Spodak from the gym and the community and mm -hmm. knew he was a nice guy. And we joked around and I was like, Hey, here's the deal. And I, I, I went to somebody and I was like, eh. and then all of a sudden Brittany materialized. And I was like, yep, that's the one she, she is going to be taking care of me and she's never allowed to leave for as long <laughs> as I'm alive. How about that? Job, job security. Thank yeah. you for that. I appreciate that. Correct. Um, okay. So what, like even here, you're allowed to be, um, I'm sure that you'll be honest anyway, but I give you permission to be honest, even if it's yeah. about me. Um, what do you wish we were doing here? Like what would make your experience better? Is there anything that we're not doing that we could be doing for you or patients in general to make your experience more pleasant, happy, uh, memorable, more positive in some way? i Complete, yeah. I mean, I'm honest. Besides, do it for free. Wow, I wasn't even gonna say that because, mm. like anything else, like you guys work hard, and I'm paying for the time and the, the years that you guys studied, and that's that's people forget about that. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing. It's like for training, but honestly, I I have a great experience here. Every time I've come here, uh, I I show up, uh, I I get the service I'm looking to get. I get you know, connection with everybody here and I leave. The only thing I've ever heard is people are like, dude, it's like a compound in there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's a dental compound. I was like, maybe they'll paint like, you know, like the, maybe they'll paint like a big smiley face on the, you know, the concrete outside, but I doubt it. I like you guys put like a crazy looking purple rabbit out there at one point. Yeah, um, yeah. I really have nothing bad to say about Spodak. You know, I know everybody has their, uh, you know, their hangups with certain places and how people do things, but I'm, you know, 10 out of 10, a satisfied client. Thanks. Well, just in general, is there anything else that you think, anything you could, any wisdom you could impart on hygienists or the dental field as a whole that you feel like we have not covered, we have not asked you about anything that you want to relay to us? No, I just think, uh, you know, you're really good at connecting and every time it's, you know, it's not, you're not bullshitting me with dumb questions. You seem like you care. And if you're good at selling that and, and you're not for real, which I don't think is the case, I think it's connecting with the clients, you know, mm -hmm. making them feel like, you know, you remember what they talk about. I think that's huge, you yeah. know, and asking and how's your wife or how's your business or, you know, remember we talked about last time and remembering, I know people deal with them. You guys deal with so many clients on mm -hmm. a daily basis, mm -hmm. but when someone remembers something I said from three months ago, I mean, you got my business for life at that point because it, I know you're paying attention. Right. And it's, I think it's pay attention to what your clients are saying and don't gloss over, don't floss over maybe. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, man. I want you to floss though. I want you to floss I'm over. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. we want to. Terrible at that. We'll, we'll, we'll skip that. But yeah, no, I think just pay attention to your clients, really listen to them, uh, what you guys do here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, it, the rest of it speaks for itself. Awesome. Awesome. So realness, transparency, be honest, connect truly, listen to what your clients are saying, remember what they're saying, make their experience memorable, be a real person. Correct. Great. All of those. Awesome. Yeah. Teresa, yes. what else? What from you? Well, I have something for Matt. Okay. Yeah. I want to work this into your morning routine. Okay. What if while you're meditating, you're flossing? Just a thought. Anyway. Okay. So one thing I will say that, you know, I kind of sat back and listened because obviously you guys know each other and I'm just kind of listening in, but some really, really cool life stuff that I just feel like is just truth in general. You know, one thing you talked about at the beginning, Matt was like, you had to kind of come to the fact that you, you had fears, 
you know, that you were denying that for a long time. And when you finally came to rock bottom and looked at it, you're like, I'm I'm really kind of scared. And I didn't really want to think about that or or focus on that. So I did a lot of avoidance. And I think that's so much of, of life is, you know, I, I say, I don't come from an addiction background, but I do say, I feel like every single person should have some therapy in life because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And we all grow up in this little bubble and you think that that's normal and healthy. And maybe it was, but maybe it wasn't. And we don't, you know, we don't have some communication guru that teaches us in life how to really communicate and be effective and be clear and make those connections. So I just, it was really cool to like, listen to your story and see how much it tracks with the reality for all of us is we all have fears. We all have these self-limiting thoughts that we don't necessarily even know are present. And once we kind of hit those and and come into those, then it is kind of looking around and saying, Hey, who's out there that I can connect with that'll really get me and lead me who's been there before and who can show me the way and support me on my way to that, to getting healthy and maintaining health and staying healthy. And I'm, you know, that's just, I think that's, all the reality of life. And that's obviously why Brittany and I exist and Bulletproof is because, you know, we've experienced all of that in our personal lives, but then in the dental world as well, like, you know, I get to coach a lot of hygienists. And so I get to hear a lot of, you know, fears and self-limiting thoughts and things that hold us back that we don't even know are an issue until we bump up against it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just super thankful for you sharing your story and your time with us. And, and, you know, obviously for supporting Brittany, I'm one of her biggest fans as well. I'm the biggest, (laughs) by the way, I'll be number one. You can be too. Okay. Mm, I'm going to fight you for that, but okay. That's fine. Thank you guys for that ego boost and Uh, (laughs) self-esteem just went up, went up a couple notches. I really do appreciate that. Yes, for sure. Yeah, but I really, really appreciate your time, Matt. Thank yeah, you so much for sharing so authentically and honestly. And thank you for being our first ever I'm inaugural excited. guest. This was a great interview. Yeah, really, great. really think it was helpful for me just selfishly. And I hope that everyone got a chance to enjoy it. And thank you so much for listening, everyone. Don't forget to uh, look at bulletproofsummit.com for our July uh, summit live in Austin. So if you want more information on that, go to bulletproofsummit.com. And remember to Uh, Find us on our Mighty Network, which is called Bulletproof Hygiene. Uh, Just download the app, Mighty Network, and search Bulletproof Hygiene. You can connect with us one-on-one there. Uh, We'll answer any follow-up questions, and we can kind of chat and have some dialogue about today. Hope you have a great day. Have a great week, everybody. See you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.